Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about So You Want to Play a Druid. A Druid, yes. Now, Druids have never been my favorite class. I don't think I've ever played a Druid. They appeared back, I guess they appeared in original D&D in a supplement called uh, Black Moor. Black Moor? Black Moor. Black M-O-O-R. Ah. It was a, the first supplement for AD&D, the three little books. AD&D or D&D? I'm sorry, original D&D. The little, the little book, books, not black books, the little books. It was the first supplement, so it was the fourth fourth one, and then they came out. And in that book, they had druids, but they were only non-player characters. And then in Eldritch Wizardry, another little book supplement for original D&D, they did have, you could play a druid. Now, he says he never plays druids, but... He uses druids as bad guys all the time. <laughs> well, they are a favorite bad guy. I, I must be holding over some some bad feelings since one of my one of my friends always played a druid, and uh, maybe I'm just have that hostility built into him. But so, what is a druid? A druid. Well, I mean, I know what a druid is. <laughs> <laughs> so, druids have a long history back to D and D, right? Uh, to original D and D. But I really didn't see them because we didn't play with the little supplements until AD&D. And in AD&D, they were a subclass of the cleric. I think what Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson did, they mixed this this idea of... Well, uh, druids go way back in, in actual history, the idea right. of druids. The, the people were... in uh, what is now England. What do they call that area? So Not only England, Ireland, because when St. Patrick drove the snakes out, that's what he was talking about the the druids the old religion the and druids. Oh, was it really snakes no it wasn't really snakes okay all right <laughs> druids so dave arson and, and gary gygax makes this mythology i'm going to say mm-hmm. mythology of druids because nobody really knows because they, they were all exterminated right pretty much killed depends on who you talk to i mean when the romans came in and they basically they they took half of england and what built Hadrian's Wall? They have that. come back. There's a whole sect of druids these days, a, pa- yeah, but, a pagan sect. Yeah, but I think paganism. I don't think it's a, it's a direct descendant of what they did. It's what people believe they did. Exactly. It's uh, the neo pagans. I would call them. It's this mythological mix of uh, druids. I don't know what do we call it. If that? you are a druid, he's not trying to offend you <laughs> in any way. <laughs> But what what was that area of England called back in, what would they call it? I don't know, Mercia. I don't know which part of England you're talking about. There were all kinds of, of parts. Oh, Northumbria. Yeah, but, but, but were... okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Get a history lesson here. What did they, what did the Romans call that region other than barbaric? Uh, Britannia. Britannia. There you go. So it is a mix of, of Roman period, what they believe. Before Roman period. Well. Yeah. But that's how we encountered them. That's yeah. why we know about yes. them. Because of Romans. Yes. And so Britannic mythological uh, ideas of Jewi- or what Druids were with a little bit of factual things about Druids. So you come up with this idea in D&D about what a Druid Arthurian is. Arthurian legend, probably um, Merlin, although they call him a wizard, was most yeah. likely part Druid, part wizard. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, so th- that's what I think. That, and then so, so Gary and Dave Arson came up with this character class, and he was a subclass of a cleric. Yes. So... Because you would throw spells. Right. In this case, they do throw spells. And they are very closely tied to... Nature deities. That's right. Or just nature. 
Oh, they and, usually worship, worship a nature deity. I just read it. So you're right. When I was young and a kid, we didn't really deal too much with the deity. We just deal with nature. So it. he was a nature. You know, he was always out in the woods and stuff like that. So that that was the AD&D, and he was a subclass of a, of a cleric. But he could throw spells, and he had weird things, right? He couldn't wear metal armor, right? Because it would interfere with his... Right. Spell casting. He was limited on what kind of weapons he could use. Wood or leather. Wood or leather weapons. And they still, they still, you still have to. You're still limited. I, I remember that you were able to use a shimitar though for some reason. I don't think so. Anyway, in the AD and D, but and oh, so in yeah, AD and D. So they were limited, but they also were able to throw healing spells, and they were also able to throw offensive spells they had some offensive spells mm -hmm. unlike the cleric which you would have to like delve into evil spells to cause wounds and stuff like that but to cause wounds you actually have to touch a character or play a, a, a opponent you know it's like healing but the opposite of that well so it does say that you can have clubs daggers darts yeah. javelins maces quarterstaffs scimitars yeah sickles slings and spears i'm gonna assume that's because the handle is probably wooden yeah i don't know what the deal is with shimitar but that was kind of funny that they threw that in so almost you know every mini maximizer druid would choose a shimitar or shimitar scimitar how do you say it because it uh, the damage it caused in ad and D. I think it did 1d8 points of damage which was uh, the same as a longsword okay which was the primary weapon of most fighters my experience with with wizards has always been since AD&D, when one of my friends started playing a, a, a druid. A druid. Now there was he was a interesting character, the player and the character, and I forget which one was first, but he but he had two druids because one of them died, and so he made another druid, and uh, I really couldn't tell you the difference between the two druids as they both had almost the same personality, because I think what uh, it appealed to my friend Mike because they had to be neutral. It wasn't good or evil. It was this neutrality that I think appealed to my friend. And he really liked that that idea of, of playing a neutral character that wasn't so much involved with law and chaos or good and evil that you're trying to find a balance between all those aspects of alignments and stuff like that. And I really didn't like either one of those characters. <laughs> I always found them to be very greedy no matter what. So Valinor Ravenlock and Orion Woodward were the two druids and i forget which one died which way but i remember one of them was uh we were in a dungeon and we were i think we were in the temple of doom that's that's what felipe called it as felipe was running the game and mike was playing i was playing and i know for a fact tom jones mike's brother was playing and uh there was this big fire pit like you know like a, like a, across the whole room so you couldn't get to the other side but on the other side, there was a treasure chest, right? So Tom, being a thief, he was able to climb walls. So he was able to climb over the wall and get to the to the other side. And so he was able to get to the chest. So I remember, I don't remember what which one it was. Was it Balinor Ravenlock or, or Ryan Woodward? But one of the two, he goes, don't touch the chest. He tells, well, the funny part is, I don't remember Tom's character's name. But Tom's character goes, he goes, he just looks back at, at, at Orion Woodward or whoever it was, Balinor Orion, and he goes, looking at him, he checks for, he checks for traps and stuff, there was no traps, and he opens the chest. And he goes, I told you not to open the chest. In a fit of madness, as I, <laughs> as I like to call it, 
he couldn't handle the fact that Tom might steal something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I say Tom, the player, not this is the kid. And this is his brother. <laughs> this is his brother. So he, you know, there's that sibling rivalry. Yes. And Tom is older. Mm-hmm. So this is we were we were young teenagers. And so Orion, what your character was, he goes, Felipe goes, uh, he goes, I'm gonna jump over the pit. He goes, it's like ten feet. He goes, I'm gonna jump. So he goes, okay. Then my brother, being you know the the fair GM he was, he goes, okay, you need to roll something on this uh, twenty side die. And the chances were not good. It was like you need to roll like a thirteen or higher, fourteen or higher, something like that. And Mike, the player. Was it a, a a a wax die like your brother made us? No, no. By this time we had real dice. Okay, just checking. We had real dice, but if you miss, you're gonna fall into the pit of lava, basically like super hot. No, it wasn't lava, but super hot coals or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? You know, he can't. Whatever he steals, he's gonna. It has to be small enough that that he can hide it, and the rest is fine, right? So he goes, I don't care. So he runs and jumps, and he rolls like a one or two or something <laughs> like that. <right? laughs> so he falls into the pit. And instantly dies. Ah! It goes, Balinar, Ravenlock, or whoever he was. And and everybody's laughing. And Tom's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so that's my story of Balinar, Ravenlock, or Orion Woodward. Like I said, I mixed up the two. The other story I have about the druid played by Mike is... You've already told it. The, the kid story, right? Yes. Where he's stealing money. So I think the, it really appealed to Mike's... Uh, a character right that his his own personality and i think what was really interesting is that the druid you know he was actually pretty good at playing the druid i mean throwing the spells and stuff like that and at, at the basically he's like a cleric a hybrid cleric in AD&D. and second edition i didn't play second edition but i heard they did some you know they, they always have to change something or other here and there and uh third edition was when things start getting really kind of weird because he starts I think they came up with Wild Shape in that edition. I don't know, but 5th edition has Wild Shape. Right. And so it's it's close to that. You know, 5th edition has a lot of elements of 3rd edition. The Druid became its own class. I don't think it was a subclass. Of it's the its own class. He got a lot of different spells. He had Wild Shape. And what was another thing he got? An Animal Companion. Yeah. You could decide to get Animal Companion. And I think, I think Ian was a Druid for a while. And so he would come up with these spells. One of his, I remember in his, uh, this was by this time we're playing Pathfinder and Pathfinder even opened up the, the more doors for the Druid because there's all kinds of knickknacks and bells and whistles you can add because Pathfinder being what it was or what it is and the spells that he, he had to utilize. And I remember, you know, he was kind of smug about it. He threw a swarm spell on my character, on my creature. And so I'm like, okay, so. I'm going to attack the swarm. He goes, you can't. I can see him smiling at me. I'm like, okay. what?" I go, what? Why can't I attack? And then he reads me the spell because the swarm is, you can't attack a swarm except by an area effect spell or something that affects the area. I'm like, oh, you little brat. You know, so, you know, the mini maximizer was coming out. He did in my monster or whatever it was. I was very impressed by Druid and what he was able to do. And like I said, if you, I think Jolene came across this, if you, if you're a first-time player, Druid probably isn't your first. Yeah, I, I was I was reading on uh, up on Druids because I've never played a Druid, but I have been in parties where there are Druids. Yes. Ian, which he did really well. He really liked the idea. And I think someone who's going to play a Druid really likes the idea of of uh, having the anim- animal companion, yes. being able to shapeshift into an animal and that kind of thing. But it gives it a, it's a 
very interesting aspect. I think the reason that, that it's so difficult to play when you first start out is because you have to not only deal with spell casting, which is hard in and of itself to learn all the rules about how you memorize the spell, all the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, area of effect and, all, uh, and every, everything specific to that spell. Yeah. And you have to, it's it's a very interesting. And so if you're like, I usually play a sorcerer and it's easier for me because sorcerers don't have to memorize their spells every day. You just have spells and right. you have spell slots and you can choose which spell you want to use and you already know it and everything. So, but some, sometimes some people like clerics and stuff, you have to choose your spells for the day Yes, and you have to, so, so it's kind of like guessing what are you going to need today? Right. Like what tool are you going to use yeah. today? And so, but with, um, not only do they have, um, spells, but then the, um, what do, do you call it? Animal. They have animal companion. No, not only animal companion, but wild animal, shape. wild shape. So wild shape means that you shape into an animal or you shapeshift into an animal and usually it's like a it's not like a, just a normal animal is it so shapeshift it, it, it takes it takes a wild shape wild shape and you have to the management of it is you know interesting so well, yeah because you get different abilities depending on the shape that right you choose and to. so if you're a new player a lot of these definitions are vague so unless you really study what other people have done and what listen to people playing and stuff you're gonna have a hard time, and you're gonna if you if the GM has played with druids before, is gonna know a lot more than you do. So it may be harder to get your character to do what you want it to do, or you your idea of what it is. That so the druids have the same problem as wizards and and sorcerers, that, sorcerers in the sense that they only know a certain amount of spells, or can they throw any spell inside the druid? Uh, because clerics can throw any spell they in the in the book, like they could throw any first level spell they want. They don't have, they don't, they don't have a, a spell book. Um, they have a list of spells that they can throw. They have well for fifth edition. You have spell slots for first level and higher. They have to spend a slot basically. Yeah, but uh, they can. They have the whole. You prepare your list of druid spells that are available for you to cast, choosing from the druid spell list. Yeah. When you do, you choose a number of druid spells equal to your wisdom modifier plus your druid level, minimum of one spell. The, the spells must be of a level for which you have the spell slots. It's, you know, wisdom is your spell casting ability. Um, it's the same with other. So you have to learn all the rules for your specific. No, what I'm saying is like, like when, when you're a wizard, you, you get like, well, I don't, know if, I don't know what the number is, but you get like five spells, first level spells that you know. And then you have like one or two spell slots for first level. So for druids. The first level, you have two known first level spells and two cantrips. So two first they, level spells and two two cantrips. Oh, so they do limit what spells you know. Well, I don't know if they limit that. That's what you have, your spell slot. So the druid is multi, but has multiple abilities, right? So he could throw spells, he can wild shape, and sometimes they can have an animal companion. I don't know if you forego wild shape for animal companion. But the reason it's so difficult probably is because you have to deal with all these other aspects, not just your character, but then if you have a wild shape, you have to deal with your character when he's in wild shape, which is like, like you know, like a werewolf, right? You know, there's just you as a, as a normal person with all those stats, and then there's you as a werewolf or as you as a bear and, and whatever it is. And in an animal companion, you just have to deal with the fact that you have this animal that can follow your command and... And so you're dealing with like a, basically a, an NPC that you, is under your control. So for a first first time player, it might be a little bit more difficult to play, uh, especially if the you no, know, like I said, if you don't, if you never played before. 
third edition uh we we're talking about editions but third edition the druid was really really able to to be different than than a, a subclass of a, of a cleric and the ability abilities and and the spells were really neat i think uh in fifth edition that it, it holds true i think they took a lot of what the uh, druid was in third edition and you know of course they did away with quite a bit of uh all the the technical aspects and try to make it a cleaner version of the of the druid and easier to play but you're still stuck with this with this wild shape problem i mean you know if you're a new player and animal companion and i think what makes what makes it really fun to play is is that you're not stuck playing this one character is that you can you know change into a wild shape and it changes the, the you can only change into a wild shape at second level right which is pretty close to the beginning of, i mean I and think, the way that their spells work is that you you can have any of the spells equal to your wisdom modifier plus your druid level. So a first level druid has only whatever your wisdom modifier is plus one. Oh, okay. And so it's, it's kind of like a kind of like a sorcerer and, and wizard in, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I, what I like about them is, like the cleric, they have the whole whole library of first level spells at their disposal. They don't have to pick. Oh, I got. I know five of those of the whole library. I know five. You can pick anything that you want, and you can throw those spells. Is that what a cleric does? Yeah, a cleric has the same thing, but unlike uh, uh, sorcerers, don't do that. You you choose your spells right that you know that you know, which is kind of limited. Then you can not really. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, limited is in the sense that that you don't have all the first level spells at your disposal, and sometimes you're like, man, I should have. I should have taken Mand. It would have really worked in this case. Well, where a cleric, I don't know. I don't know. Because a cleric can just like, oh, give me eight hours and I'll just know that spell that I needed. And he can take it. <laughs> I think, do they still have to be neutral? I, I can't find anything in 5th edition about the alignment. Well, I think, like I, I said it before, alignment in 5th edition has really changed. I think they've kind of put it on the back burner. Is before it's still it, on the character sheet. Still on the character sheet, but it it wasn't as it's not as prominent as it was in in A D and D, and even in third edition, it was very important because your alignment told you what spells you could throw. Some spells were chaotic spells. Some spells were evil, and so you couldn't. I think there was a penalty if you threw a spell that let's say you're good and the and the spell was considered evil. Well, they have something like that when you play when you're doing necromancy. Oh, that's right. They and do have you that. You have to be really careful about whatever kind of yeah. Not that you ever throw a necromancy. No, spell. I think did it in fifth edition. Do they still have those those uh, classes of spells like like I don't know, aberration? You have to ask Ian about that. Yeah. they do have those spells, but I always look at them and go, "Well, that spell looks kind of evil to me. Why would I do that?" <laughs> but I think. So, just so you know, I haven't played a druid before, so I don't really know their spells right. or what they what they throw. Would make you want to play a druid. I think if you really want to have a lot of uh, diversity, I mean, you could, you know, now they have. Uh, I don't know if in fifth edition do they have urban druids, but the, but there's different types of druids that. Well, no, in fifth edition they have. I forget what they call them, circles or something like that. But yes. they druid circles. Druid circles. So in the original player's handbook, there were there was like the land druid, or you know, like different terrains. And then in Xanthar's guide, they added the the circle of dreams, and and so they added different things that made the druid 
less about being closely so allied with circle nature. circle of land. Right. And you choose different things. Right. And so most of them were very nature orientated. And then people go, what about the city? Can, there's no, you know, they, in the old third edition, they had like an urban Druid. So I think in, in uh, Xanthar's guide, they came out with the, the circle of dreams. And so Druids have kind of taken a new Druid class of classes. Uh, the, take... the circles are Arctic, coast, desert, yeah. forest, <laughs> grassland, mountain, swamp, underdark. Right. So they're closely tied to the the terrain, kind of. But now there's also a circle of stars, and I don't know what that means. Yeah. So so what they did is they they purposely said, well, you know, they're so close to tied to nature. What about if they're not in nature? What happens if they're in a city and stuff like that? They just wanted to make give them a little bit of a change. So in Xanthar's guide, and then I think in that other in the book, they added a couple circles that made them not so closely aligned to there nature. There were stars, and then there's also um, circle of wildlife. Circle of dreams, I think, is one that in I don't, Xanthar's I don't guide. have that one. <laughs> I don't have in that here. one. In the, I'm just looking at the regular <laughs> one. The I was also reading that you know there are these ideas about. That you don't have to be from nature. It could be if you're like an orphan kid in the street. Right. Then you would probably spend a lot of time with various vermin, it says. So you're likely <laughs> to live in one of those less nice parts of the city. So this could, you could occasionally share some of the small amount of food that they had with rats, bugs, pigeons. And then they felt like they made a friend. So then oh, yeah. years later, they're searching for a purpose in the world. And so they might become a druid that way. Or they talk about a dancer, a young lady dancer, who's bored with dancing in the city. And she does her routine at the beach. And suddenly, inspiration. And she realizes that she has these powers by, you know, lights are displayed and stuff. Different kinds of things. Oh, wow. That's a, I nature. never thought about it that way. That's pretty cool. That's like an origin story. Though. That's an origin story, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So that's... you don't have to be, you don't have to have lived in the woods all your life or anything like that. Right, it'd be like uh, what is it? Be a druid, a, a classical yes. druid, where you you're a tree hugger and hug trees, and then are told about this arcane connection we have to nature. I'm pretty sure that's not what a classical druid is. <laughs> <laughs> a classical D D druid, I'm thinking, not like classical neo pagan druid. Okay. <laughs> so would a druids be something that you would want to play? No. <laughs> you said emphatically no. You like you like sorcerers. It looks too much. really it looks really complicated. The idea that well, you, you me, play a sorcerer, they're kind of complicated, no? Or do you think they're simple? I've learned all about them, so it's easier uh, to do. So what makes them complicated? The, the whole aspects of uh of them having well, wild shape. I wouldn't and... really want to be a shapeshifter. <laughs> no, why is that? I don't know. <laughs> it reminds you too much of a werewolf or something. No. Okay, I think. We have a lot of ideas about druids being uh, closely tied to nature, and I think they've tried to get away from that by coming up with these other circles of of uh, where a druid might come from. Like I like the idea of an orphan in the streets, right? So his circle wouldn't be you know Arctic or in the woods. It might be the circle of you know you would have to come up with something, the circle of the slums or something, even though or whatever you want to call it. And so, or the streets even, because it's a different environment. And even in that environment, you know, people might become attuned to that kind of environment. And so they would 
be a druid of that kind of world. Well, and druids are fighters too, right? Because they can fight. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess they can. They uh, they throw spells and they have weapons like quarter staffs, or I suppose they can throw magical weapons if they have them. I think they can throw offensive spells. So I think they have some offensive spells that they can cast. They're not like you know they're not like fireball or something, but they're but they're offensive enough that you would want to use them you know, on a regular basis. So druids are a very neat. How would they become part of your group? Well, that, that's always been the case, right? Because like, if they were like, okay, let's say they're a regular druid and they're closely tied to some piece of land somewhere, why would they go adventuring with you, right? So you'd have to come up with a backstory for that, a reason, right? Maybe they raised your grove. And or you're really mad about it. You're on a quest to find something. Yeah, so I, I, that was always a problem, but even back in AD and D, is why a Jew would want to hang out with these other. But I don't know that that's ruffians. a big problem because that's a problem for why any D and D characters are together, right? Most people, most people, most dwarves aren't going to associate with elves and humans unless there's a reason for them to be out there, right? So, but in D and D, it's not necessarily you know the classical trope is that you meet in a bar. You're all just there, and suddenly you're thrown into this into this adventure, right? But usually now with backstories and stuff, people have gotten a little more, more creative, creative. You know why you're together, why, and I, th I how, think how you know each other. You have some kind of connection to somebody in the group. You don't have to have a connection to everybody in the group. Maybe you just know the dwarf that pulled you out of the river, or, or you know the, or you know that's something, fantastic you know. idea. Yes, yeah. Or if you're, you're right. an urchin from a city, then some noble maybe she picked you up and and helped you and now you follow her around and help her and i think that you're totally right which makes the druid even more difficult i think it's the most difficult person to get into your game because like why would they leave because they're usually stewards of a certain place maybe they right? were sent off on a quest or yeah maybe they needed to i don't think they have to be stewards of a certain thing maybe 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 some orc came and killed one of their animals that they liked or their animal companion. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying is, is... There's all kinds of stories you can... All kinds of backstories you can use to, to do it, but you have to come up with something. Right? I think you have to come up with something because normally, it seems to me, just my own preconceptions is that a druid is going to be a steward or something, right? They're going to be... They're going to... They're going to be taking care of a plot of land or whatever it is or a, a beach or something and and they're gonna want to be a steward of that and to go adventuring with this bunch of guys that all they want to do is kill stuff and take their stuff might be of a stretch maybe they maybe you meet the druid in your party as you're camping out along the side of the road and you know his his animal companion or something comes up to you guys and instead of killing it <laughs> you <What>? feed it <laughs> or you know as a test to see how or he overhears your quest, quest that you're going on yeah. and and that's one way i guess you know that but that could almost that could backfire on you no that could be that'd be feeding for everybody but you're right i think the druid it would have to be something compelling enough to get him to go away from the from what he knows or what he's protecting or what he wants to see protected right and uh, maybe that could be part of the quest maybe the characters inadvertently are doing something that would benefit whatever this druid is looking after and if you're gonna do this and bring the druid in in some way try not to be a disney movie and kill off the parents or the, <laughs> the village all disney movies when i was a kid all <laughs> disney, disney movies. movies the parents died bambi <laughs> did bambi? Need i say more 
Bambi? Oh, a yeah. hunter killed the mother. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, I hate to say. I was traumatized by uh, it. Were child. you? <laughs> That's terrible. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, whatever the backstory is, it doesn't have to involve having the whole family slaughtered. Well, you know what what's weird is is that I think people who have the people who have played druids have always had a backstory. Even Mike, way back back they were talking about the nineteen eighties. Mike always seemed to have a backstory about his character and I and that was when I had no backstory, right? I just I was just Ingamar the Paladin or whatever my name was. And, you know, I wanted to go around and adventure. That was my quest. So where Mike, he had a reason to be out in the woods and building his manor out there because he wanted to be close to uh, the patch of woods that he wanted to protect. And that was something that he did on his own. I remember my brother who was running the game telling him that he should do that. I think he just came up on his own. So usually to me, it seems like people who play Druids are very creative in the sense that they usually want a backstory. They're usually a story of why why they're out there. Why they're out there and why they're going to adventure with these murder hobos who are out there, you know, on the road and being chaotic and crazy. But I think I think they're a very valuable character. I think uh you know, they could they can throw spells, they can throw offensive spells, they can do healing spells, they can wild shape and have animal companions. And I think it's it's kind of like a jack of all trades, but you know, they say what jack of all trades is a master of none. I think they can be quite useful and they be, you know, and be, you know, be a, a very crucial part of a party. Not only that, if they're always been in the woods, which obviously they don't have to have been, but if you're in a city, if they go into a city with their companions, it'll add flavor to the, to the, to the story, right? <laughs> yes. I think Ian had like a big old Bengal tiger or something. <laughs> I think they grow as, as you grow, right? As you grow in power that the, the animal companion gets more and more powerful because you don't want like you know uh, a dog when you're tenth level and you know anything can swipe at it and kill it in one blow. So your your animal companion gets stronger and stronger, bigger and bigger as you go along. That's Saul's idea. I don't know if that's real or that's not. That's true. That's true. Just not just my idea. <laughs> so, so there you go. If you want to be a, a druid, go for it. Learn all the stuff. I would do a little research on it. So yes, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more difficult. It's not a sh- such a straightforward character class to play, which might be interesting for people who don't want to play a straightforward character anymore, right? Or ever have wanted mm-hmm. to play a straightforward <laughs> character. I mean, by straightforward, like a fighter. Even though in fifth edition, fighters are kind of weird because of all the action points. What they call them? I don't know what the action points, but these yeah. points that they spend to get like special powers, you know, if you go that way with, if you go that way with your fire. Oh, is that what it is? And I think sorcerer is a little bit easier because all you have to worry about is the spells you're throwing. And, or not even that, you just have your, all you have to do is pick the spells and your, that you can memorize or that, you know, that, you know, and then, uh, you know, which I think is actually easier because then you're not looking at all these spells going, which ones do I want to do today? Or which ones do I want wow, to do Wow, yeah. Today? As a cleric, yeah, that could be a real problem. Because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I like having the spells that I know. So that's maybe that's and you know them well. Yeah. <laughs> right, you don't have to worry about the other ones you don't You need me well. to throw a fireball, just show me where. <laughs> and get out of my way. That kind of thing versus, uh, let's see, today I'm going to choose. Yes. That would be harder for me. Oh yeah, then I would be. It is harder. I mean, it's harder because like you're trying to forecast what you're gonna what you're gonna throw and later how on. How do you know? You don't. So damn, I should have taken that men's spell. 
I should have done this one. So that's a good jack jack of all trades class. Uh, you like throwing spells. You like gaining physical combat into wild shape. Go into a bear. You can go all raging as a bear and other things. So I think if you really like a little bit of a challenge in playing a character class and you don't mind uh, doing a little bit of homework, the druid. Go for it. Druid seems to be your Have fun. cup of tea. <laughs> it's this, not for Jolene. Not for me, but that's okay. I, I might try it now. I'll have to do some research on it. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. Have, have a, a great day. day.